Welcome back to the Weekly Pickoff. We are so excited that you have joined us this week as we have a very special week of new episodes every single day as we look at free agency and what that means. It's coming up here in just a little under two weeks. And uh, today we are talking about each team's salary cap situation. Um, I'm really excited about this because, Zach, you have a lot of expertise in this area. You love looking at salary caps and trying to manipulate things to see what teams could do to um, put themselves in a better situation, analyzing all of that. So I'm really excited to jump into this, as I'm sure you are too. Well, I appreciate the word expertise, though. It's probably not accurate. It's just more <laughs> I, I'm willing to fumble around with things online and put things into calculators and try things. I mean, I certainly don't have any actual expertise, but uh, I, I, I am more interested in this than than the average person, for sure. So Perfect. Uh, take that for whatever it's worth. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned at the end of yesterday's episode that you like spot track. Um, and can can we just talk a little bit about why that's such an easy tool to use as a fan? Um, I mean, I use it when it comes to free agency, period, because it tells you like you can search in so many different ways. It tells you like all the free agents or you can break it down by position or you can break it down by team. Um, I just think it's super helpful. And then like as things progress, it'll update it to show you like this player was on this team and now they're on this team and this is how much they're getting paid and this is how long their contract is for and all of that kind of stuff. Is there anything else that you like to use it for? Yeah, there's there's a lot of great things about it. And I mean, I could literally talk about this website for an hour. I'll try to keep it under a minute here and just tell you that I, I really love being able to look at teams full salary cap situation years in advance one of the things that was really most interesting to me was the Carson Wentz situation um, because trading him away barely opened up any salary cap room for 2021. Mm -hmm. um, but the trade really opened up money in 2022. And I've long been saying if you were going to trade Carson Wentz, it wasn't about 2021. It was about 2022 because right. he counted for 37 ish million dollars on 2022's salary cap mm -hmm. and he will not count for a single dollar on our salary cap in 2022 now almost his full salary counts against our cap this year um so again those we're not reaping those benefits yet um but uh that's kind of the angle things you can see like uh just kind of see into the future you can really see a lot of details in these contracts you can see when guys contracts end when they get more expensive you can see how much it costs to cut a player um you can see uh their their age and you can see the average paid positions and like there's just so many tools here that it just feels like it shouldn't be free like it's just <laughs> really a great website and uh if this website costs ten dollars a month i would probably pay it so it's it's yeah. just it's a really nice tool to to dive deep and uh, to feel like you're more a part of the decisions, even though you're really not. You know, so. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what we're looking at today is the salary caps 
Um, and, and what we were both saying here before we started was what's awesome is they show you the league average. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about teams that are above the average salary cap situation and then teams that are below average, but let's just try to find a natural place to start here. And I think that natural place would be to just talk a little bit about our current Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What does their salary cap situation look like and what do they need to do in order to stay dominant again in 2021? Yeah, it's actually not bad. Um, And, you know, part of that is that Tom Brady year in and year out is willing to take a discount uh, for whatever team he's playing for. Um, They've got, was it about 20-ish million dollars of salary cap? Let me double check that. They've got... Twenty twenty four million dollars. Yep, of of salary cap uh, space available, and uh, you know they've got a couple older guys that you could be able to possibly cut. Um, you look at Jason Pierre-Paul. While he was a contributor in the Super Bowl, you know you, you don't necessarily just want to waive guys just to open up money. Um, you're going to save seven and a half million dollars on your salary cap if you do waive like a Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you wave a Cameron Bright or even an OJ Howard, you'll save $6 million a piece on those guys. Um, and those really weren't big contributors. Not that I think Gronk is by any stretch a long-term uh, answer, and I don't even particularly think he'll be back next year. He could be. Um, but uh, $6 million is a little too much for role-playing tight ends. And so they've got some ability to, to open up money. And uh, to me, object number one is just to re-sign Chris Godwin. Um, you've shown that your team is good enough to win the Super Bowl, which means that you just need to hold it together unless your team is drastically aging. Mm-hmm. Well, outside of Tom Brady, the team is relatively young. Like they're yeah. not a bunch of a bunch of old guys. And so, to me, keep the team together as as much as possible. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm on the home page here, and I love this. They give you the average age of the roster. And you have to take into account that Tom Brady makes that average so much worse (laughs) than it really is. But the average age of the team is 26 years old. Hmm. That's really not bad. No, that's not Um, bad. Even with Tom Brady, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's really not. Um, You take out Tom Brady, it's probably average age of like 25 or so. So, um, you know, when you look at other competing teams, uh, you look at Green Bay, they're at about 26. You look at Pittsburgh, they're at about 26. Kansas City's at about 26. Um, it's just very average, which is good because, you know, you, you don't want to have a whole bunch of old guys and mm-hmm. you don't want to have to pay a whole bunch of young guys. So being in that middle situation is really good for them. They're in a positive cap situation. They're, they're 13th in the league in salary cap at the moment. Um, over the next week, we're going to see all these numbers rise because guys are going to get cut. The Deshaun Jacksons of the world, you know, the Eagles just cut Deshaun Jackson. They're going to open mm-hmm. up money. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned with the tight ends, I expect one or both of those guys to get cut. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Um, so just so, to, just to yeah, give you ahead. another idea too, Gronkowski is actually a free agent right. this year. So he will, he, I mean, unless, unless Tampa Bay dips into their salary cap and re-signs him, he will not be back in That's true. 2021. That's true. I, if he re- if he plays in the NFL next year, it will be with Tampa Bay. Um, but I, I'm probably 60-40, he'll retire. 
Uh, we'll see, though. You know he was my pick to retire, so. That's right. Yeah, I I lean that it'll happen, but I'm I'm just not as bullish on it as you are. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Okay, so it looks like the Bucks are in a really good situation. So we, yeah. I mean, in theory, according to the numbers and, you know, what we're analyzing, should see them back in the playoffs next year. Now, no question. Here's the thing. You can't predict injuries. You can't predict. There's so many things that you can't predict. So who knows? But um, what I hear you saying is they're in a good position to continue to be contenders. Yes. Great. Okay. So you talked a little bit about, you said that they're the 13th overall as far as being in a, in a good situation with cap space. Let's just, um, for our listeners, give the breakdown. So the average... Uh, in the league as far as the cap space situation is $15,210,204. Now there are 17 teams that are above that average. So let's start with 17, which is the 49ers. 16 is the Cardinals. Uh, 15 is the Texans. 14 is the Cowboys. 13 is the Bucks, as we said. 12 is the Browns, 11 is the Ravens, 10 is the Dolphins, 9 the Chargers, 8 the Panthers, 7 Washington football team, 6 the Bengals, 5 the Broncos, 4 the Colts, 3 the Patriots, 2 the New York Jets, and 1 is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who also happen to have the first overall pick in the 2021 draft. So... Obviously, the draft will play into this a little bit, and and we won't touch on that too much because we'll have some thoughts on that closer to when the draft is at the end of April. But um, let's break down. We've come up with uh, a little bit of analysis here. So let's talk about the top five teams that are in a little bit of a dire situation who have the cap space to make some changes. Sure. Um, let me start with number five. And when I think of, I just think of like what we're talking about here is it doesn't necessarily mean they're a horrible team. It, they could be a very bad team and, and need a complete rebuild, mm-hmm. but they're a team that needs a new identity that needs a restructure and they have the capital to do that. Right. And so for me, number five is actually the best team that you'll hear on this list is the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a defense Their Their defense is ready to go. They can pretty much leave that alone. You know, you need to add some depth and you need to get, you know, a couple guys a little younger. You can spend some later picks on that, maybe a little bit of money in free agency, but clearly it is time for a new franchise quarterback. Yep. You know, Alex Smith, God bless him. What he did was amazing. He is not the long-term answer. We understand that. Um, they've got a couple weapons on offense, but uh, watching Trent Williams walk out the door a couple years ago was uh, was was not good for them. Their mm-hmm. offensive line has suffered because of it, and uh, it would just be really nice to see them take a franchise quarterback. Can we get a, a solid, true Pro Bowl offensive lineman in there Let's let's get something in there that really kind of shifts. Give us an identity on offense. Are we a running team? Are we a passing team? Because last year they were a we don't really do anything well team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back for for the Washington football team, had a fine year. But outside of him, there really wasn't any anybody else that could run on the ground like there right. was just there was nobody. And um, 
it would be nice to see them get an identity. They're going to have, uh, with this salary cap room, the ability to go make some moves. They're going to be players in some of these middle-of-the-road quarterbacks. Um, I don't know that they'll you know be able to get like a Dak Prescott or something like that, but they'll, they'll have the ability to be players if they choose to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, number for sure. F- number- uh, sorry, go ahead. What do you think about the the Washington football team and uh, uh, based on like what they did last year and, and what would you like to see them improve at the most, maybe positionally or, or what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree with what you said about their quarterback situation. They did just extend Taylor Heineke and I mean, well-deserved. So it'll be interesting to see if they think that he has the potential to be their starting quarterback, which I don't know if I would go as far as to say that, but sometimes with teams, you just kind of don't know what they're doing and you've just got to see it play out. Um, So, I mean, I would love to see them go after like a, I don't know, like a Cam Newton or uh, maybe a Mitch Trubisky or a Jacoby Brissett. One of those sort of like middle of the line quarterbacks that are free agents that you talked about. Um, The other thing that I would really love to see, obviously to get some depth, especially at running back would be nice. But I think that their offensive line, especially their, um, their, they're like tackles, I think could use some work. I mean, they gave up more sacks than I would have liked them to more often than I would have liked to see the quarterback was under pressure. And maybe part of that for me was just, I did. I never liked to see Alex Smith under pressure because it was just <laughs> traumatizing to me. Right. We're hypersensitive um, to seeing that. Of course. Sure. Sure. But I do think that their, their defense is, is like you said, they're ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they're in a great situation. It'll be interesting to see what they do with some of those key offensive pieces. So um, what's your number four? Number four for me is the Houston Texans. And that just has a ton to do uh, with Deshaun Watson's situation. Uh, obviously, you've got a new uh, GM in there. You've got a new coach in there. Um, you know, this isn't a team that necessarily wanted to be rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the quarterback in place. I mean, when you've got Deshaun Watson, you're in a top five situation in the league of, of quarterbacks long-term, maybe even top three because of his age. Um, but he wants to walk out the door. The team is uh, uh, on average about 27 years old, which is higher up in the league. They're one of the older teams in the league. And so they're going to need to kind of flush and rebuild and uh you know trading deshaun watson away is going to cost them money um against the salary cap so this is going to you know it's going to bring some pain financially um but there are some guys they can they can get rid of the the david johnsons of the world that are you know well past their prime the randall cobbs uh you know there are guys that that they can cut and uh get some relief uh, they're not in the greatest of situations because you never want to give up the superstar quarterback, but they'll be able to generate some cap room and they can get a fresh start if they're shrewd and they play their cards right. And they get a good haul for Deshaun Watson. To me, the worst thing they could do is to not trade Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson sits out and you just waste an entire year of his career and of your franchise. If you've got a top five quarterback sitting on your bench all year, worst case scenario. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when we talk about teams that are rebuilding, I think the Texans are right at the top of that. And the fact that they have almost $20 million in cap space is a very good thing. And we've already seen them cut players. You know, they released JJ Watt, they released Duke Johnson, they could trade Deshaun Watson. I'm sure that there are other players that they could release as well. I think that they just, teams that are in a true rebuild have the most to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, this isn't necessarily where they want it to be, but they have moves. They can cut Brandon Cooks and save $12 million. So like that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to end up with, I would guess, probably $50 million in salary cap room after they make some cuts Mm -hmm. and uh, they'll be able to make some moves. If if they, they, here's what they have not proven to do. Can they make moves to improve the team? Uh, Mm -hmm. they have proven they cannot do that. If they can do that, they are in a good position, even with the Deshaun Watson drama Mm -hmm. to get better. Yeah. Time will tell. I don't have much faith in their franchise, but sure. But new GM. So you never know. Of course. Absolutely. All right. So I think at number three, we've got the Broncos. Am I right? Absolutely. This is to me, the quarterback wildcard team of the off season. If they can get a superstar quarterback somehow, I don't know. They'd have to beg, borrow, steal, move up a little bit in the draft, offer the world for Russell Wilson. They, To me, they've got receivers. Mm-hmm. They've got a tight end. They've got an all right offensive line. They've got some remnants of a good defensive line, a defensive team, excuse me. Their, their entire defense has solid pieces. They're not the juggernaut of the – the early 2010s that we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, but they definitely still have talent there. And, uh, you know, when I look at their salary cap situation, they've got a ton of money. Uh, they've got $47 million right now available to them. And uh, there's going to be some cuts. Uh, you, you can cut Von Miller, which, you know, you think of, oh, Von Miller is part of that superstar defense. Well, he's older now, and you're going to save $18 million cutting mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um they're going to want to try to renegotiate that so he can stay on the team and they still save some money. Right. Um, but I can promise you that Von Miller will not be playing on the uh, Denver Broncos for $22 million next year. That will not happen. Sure. Um, yeah. They've got a lot of ways that they could get all the way up to maybe a hundred million dollars of salary cap room, mm-hmm. which is going to give them plenty of ability to go get a quality quarterback financially it's just going to be can they make the move because one of those quarterbacks is probably not going to be had for just money it's going to require assets exactly Um, and then you know they're going to have money too left over even after if they were to acquire you know hypothetically a a russell wilson or a deshaun watson they're going to have money left over where they could go get him another receiver if they want. They could go get him a Kenny Galladay. They mm-hmm. could go get him one more offensive lineman like a like a Trent Williams. They could go get a couple pieces on defense. Um, they're in, man, you know, as I look at this, if the, here's, here's my caveat. If they get a quarterback, a quality quarterback, they are clearly in the league's number one position to advance. As it stands, I don't project them to get one of those superstar quarterbacks think they're gonna have to draft somebody and you just Mm -hmm. never know what you're getting out of the draft we i think we've agreed we've got them at three but man if they can get one of these quarterbacks they could be a contender for sure all that with all that cap room 
with they've got good quality young players. They just Drew Locke is not good. I, I, there's just no way around it. He is miserable, unfortunately. I would call so. him more mediocre than miserable, but we can hash that one out later. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I just you know I here's I I really like to root for him. He seems like a fun guy. He seems like really nice and energetic and charismatic. And I just watch him play, and I just I'm so dis like his his decision making is so so blah it's so blah anyway yeah. we, we, can, we can move on from that but. i definitely believe he's not the answer but i think that yeah yeah anyway that's not <laughs> what we're talking about right now all right so moving on number two new york jets they finally got rid of their head coaching problem which was <laughs> their entire problem uh no they, they've got problems well beyond adam gase's existence um but man, I'll tell you, seventy-three million dollars. Uh, if you spend it well, you can you can fix a lot of problems, and you know they're going to get well above that because if you want to cut Jamison Crowder, who has been productive, and you don't necessarily need to cut him, you can save ten million right there. Um, they've got they've got some options here, and you know I'm not totally sure uh, that Sam Darnold is the answer. Um. I would like to see him under a competent coach with some good receivers and an offensive line. I really want to see that. Um, I don't think he's had that opportunity. And so I think they are going to give him one more year, uh, but man, they have a lot of money to make some upgrades and uh, they need to make some upgrades. And, you know, they're going to have, I think after they make all their moves, they're going to end up with the most money in free agency. Uh, they've got two first round picks. They're they're a player in the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, yeah, they could they could make things happen, and uh, it'd be really interesting to see. They're to me like the number one spot for one of these big name receivers, the Juju Smith Schuster's, the um, the Chris Godwin's, those mm -hmm. guys, because clearly they have a deficiency at wide receiver. Right. They have tons of money. Um, and you're also in a situation and I feel like teams do this when they want to see is our quarterback the real deal or not. They go load up one season on, you know, skill position players, the wide receivers, tight ends. All right. We're going to surround this guy with talent. If he can't do it with all this, he's not our guy. And I feel like we're, we're approaching that situation with Sam Darnold. Okay. So here's a question for you. If the Jets would trade Sam Darnold, he's still on his rookie hmm. contract, isn't he? That's correct, yes. So if they were to trade him, how would that affect their salary cap? Uh, you know, because you're on a rookie deal, you're really not uh, going to make – it's really not going to impact you. He's His salary cap is what he would cost to get rid of. So his he's on the books this year for nearly $10 million. If they trade or cut him, they certainly won't cut him. But if they were to trade or cut him, he will cost the exact same amount of money to not be on the team as to be on the team. So okay. essentially, you know, it's it's virtually the Carson Wentz situation money-wise mm -hmm. where, you know, if they trade him, it doesn't really affect their situation. Now, yeah. they have so much more money than the Eagles had. So it's right. apples and oranges in that way. Like... They can trade him and they don't have to go, oh, what about the money that we're going to have to sure. deal with now? Like, sure, they're free to do like if if they decide the package they want to create 
is Sam Darnold, two firsts from this year and a first for next year, and they're going to offer that for Deshaun Watson, they financially would still be in a great position to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to end up still with 50, 60, maybe even 70 million more. Well, now if you're bringing in Deshaun Watson plus one of these superstar receivers, uh, plus one of these great offensive linemen, that's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're they're a contender in in the AFC. I don't know that they would jump right up into like a Super Bowl contender, but I mean they're at least in position where they could compete with Buffalo to win the division. I, you know, they they have the most ability to kind of make moves. I would say in the NFL, they've got money, they've got draft picks and they can move around and they've got a quarterback that people don't hate. Like Sam Donald has positive trade value. I don't think he's been great by any stretch, but he's Mm -hmm. not considered a negative like the Jared Goff situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the reason why I ask that is because personally, I think that, that Sam Darnold, while, while I think that they are going to give him another year, I also think if they ended up with like a Deshaun Watson, they probably would trade Sam Darnold. Um, and where he would end up, I don't know, but there are other teams where, like you said, I think that his trade value is is still pretty good because he has shown those positive qualities. So yeah. I'm very interested by that situation with the Jets. But an even more interesting situation is this number one team. They have the best overall salary cap situation. And they are also a team that is in a rebuild, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tell us a little bit about where they're at. The Jaguars, man, they are exciting to me on in a way of like, this is a team that's going to absolutely get better. They might not be a playoff contender next year, uh, but they're almost certainly going to draft Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. And then on top of that, you're going to have $75 million of cap room to work with. And so you are going to be able to get him. You know, I keep coming back to these receivers, but this is probably the best receiver free agent class in 10 years. Uh, you're going to have the ability to add some defense. You're going to be able to give him an offensive line if you so choose and you make good choices in free agency and you don't overpay guys. Um, and and they don't really need to cut a whole bunch of players. They've got a couple guys they could cut. If they wanted to move on from Josh Lambeau, their kicker, they could save $3 million. I don't really know that they, they need to do that. Um, but they don't have a bunch of guys that are like, I mean, they have two guys on their entire roster that are getting paid more than $10 million a year. So, right. like, they don't have, like, I'm I'm looking at their cap right now, and it's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. There's 14 guys on their entire roster making over a million dollars a year. Like, they have really stripped the roster down, and they've got just these cheaper young players on the roster, and they're just kind of a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And there's some pros and cons to that you you don't have the veteran leadership and so to me it's going to take them a while to compete and that's okay if you're rebuilding the proper way to do that is to draft and draft well and pick you know wise good value free agents you don't need to go after the superstars but they're going to be able to get five or six quality starters from free agency and you know matter in the AFC South, which, you know, they cannot say of the last several years. Right. Right. For sure. All right. So those are the five teams that are in a little bit of a situation that have a 
pretty good cap space situation. Um, So now let's talk about some teams that already have some of those pieces laid and we'll just kind of fly through this because I think a lot of this is going to be kind of obvious, but just so that our listeners are aware, um, these are five teams that they already have sort of a foundation laid, but they also are in a really good position with their cap space. And so they are going to be able to just make their teams even better. So number five, uh, we've got the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't touch on this too much. The Ravens are just a quality team with the 11th uh, most salary cap space. So they're going to be able to go get finally a true number one receiver if they want to for Lamar Jackson. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure some big name receiver would love to play with a former MVP. Um, They are a little bit of an older roster, uh, but their defense is spectacular. And so... um, usually these these older defenses are the ones that kind of produce more knowing the scene the scheme and the system and like that age on defense is something that i'm a little more okay with than offense um defense to me is a little more strategic and offense is a little more athleticism so that's kind of my view there but uh Mm -hmm. yeah ravens at number five number four for me uh is the arizona cardinals and um i would say They've got a good young core, and I think you're going to see Larry Fitzgerald walk out the door, unfortunately. Um, not unfortunately for them necessarily, but I, he's one of my all-time favorite players. Um, so much fun to watch. Does a ton of great stuff in his community, and uh, they're going to have a little bit of money to work with. I mean, they're uh, – how much were they? They had $17 million available to them right now. They're, they're an average age team, but uh, once you get rid of a couple of their older players uh, that are in their you know, late 30s, um, that that uh, that average comes way down. So, and yeah. I love DeAndre Hopkins. So, what do you think about the Cardinals? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you have a quarterback who's still in his rookie contract, so that's saving you some money there. And he's huge money, proven himself to be a a, a real competitor. And uh, so, I think we're going to see some good things from Kyler Murray, which um, is going to benefit them on their salary caps. So they don't need to go out and get a quarterback. Um, nope. Obviously they're still going to benefit from that trade for Deandre Hopkins. Hmm. Um, they, I mean, they've got a lot of the pieces there. Like you talked about, they've got a couple of running backs. Um, and so offensively, I think that they're in a pretty good situation. And like you said, it's just going to take a few of those little moves for them to just, like we said, with the Buccaneers, just kind of stay dominant. Uh, maybe not dominant. They weren't dominant this year, but stay good. I would say, and maybe improve a little bit. Yeah, they could definitely take a step forward this year. And, uh, you know, if they let Chandler Jones go, you can really save a lot of money, about $15 million. He had an injury plague year. And it wouldn't be surprising if they did that. And, uh, you know, while Chandler Jones has been special, um, he's 33, it might be time to move on. Mm -hmm. All right, so number three, we've got the Cleveland Browns. Well, this is uh, this should be your topic here. I'll, I'll, I I'll start. <laughs> I'll start, and uh, I'll say they're in a good spot to take a good step forward. I believe that Cream Hunt is a free agent. Um, either that, or I've heard really strong rumors that they're going to move on from him. I, I, I'll have to vet that. Um, but I don't expect Odell Beckham Jr. to be back on the team. Um, he is not a free agent. However, I just strongly expect them to trade him because he's their highest paid player and the team has shown over and over again that they play better football when he's not in the lineup. Uh, that seems so counterintuitive, but that's just the reality of, of uh, the situation. And so 
Um, they're not going to cut him because they would only save about $3 million. And honestly, somebody is going to pay at least a third-round pick, maybe a little more for him. Um, so they'll trade him almost certainly, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, Case Keenum's getting paid $7 million. You got to let him go. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> right. He's gone. Uh, David Njoku is like their second or their third best tight end. He'll be gone. Um, you know, if they want to get another receiver to pair next to Jarvis Landry, they can. I honestly like their receiver core as it is even without Odell. Oh, me too. Uh, they are, they're a run first team. They block well for the run. And Jarvis Landry is a very nice do it all receiver. Um, I like the step forward that Baker Mayfield took. You don't need to get core players for this team right you've got your quarterback you've got your running back you've got your best receiver you've got a quality offensive line your defense has shown that they can be capable though you'd like to see a little more out of them they do have a pass rush Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean they just need to draft well and, and pick up a couple starters on defense and and they could really take a step forward here Yeah, for sure. And I think the key with the Browns is that they have taken some steps to build up their team through the draft the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, 20 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but even in the last three years, you know, um, they they drafted Nick Chubb. They drafted uh, Baker Mayfield. Donovan Peoples-Jones has done some good work for them as a receiver this year. And so I like him to step up. I do. Yeah. I, I do too. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that they have done the work the last few years to get some of those pieces in place. And so now they just get to really um, hone their skills and to bring in some guys who can just make it even better. So I'm excited. You know I'm excited to watch the Browns. I know you are. I know you are. You're doing everything you could possibly do to to leave the Eagles fan base behind and go be a brownie. You want it. I know you do in your soul. I can do both. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number two, we already talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're in a great situation. They are. And uh, yeah, we won't won't go back into them, but uh, I, I really like their ability to either stay about the same or or maybe even add a little bit so we'll Mm -hmm. see what they do yeah okay number one we both looked at this one and we were like oh my gosh this team could go to the super bowl next year uh and that's the indianapolis colts they have so much money available to them how does a team this good have 50 million dollars after adding a 35 million dollar quarterback it just, it blows my mind. They've got so many, you know, the thing we always harp on is like, you have no salary cap once you pay your quarterback. They have a quarterback that's paid and they have salary cap. Yep. They have got a shot. Again, you know, there are more misses in free agency than there are hits. So you got a hit, but I really like the Colts organization. I think they draft well. Mm-hmm. I think they uh, sign free agents well. They let guys go when they get too old. Like they're, they're smart and and they they make good moves and I expect them to take an enormous step forward. They're going to get one of these big receivers because they can afford it. And Ty Hilton is in the back end of his career, Free but agent, he's still man. he. You know, I bet he I bet he resign resigns for like a cheaper deal. He loves Indianapolis. I don't see him leaving, and I still think they bring in someone else. And Jonathan Taylor's a beast. Yep. They can run the ball. They might have the best offensive line in football, Indianapolis. And their defense was good all season long. Yep. They have the best linebacker core in football, in my opinion. And uh, they're just, they're a team that, as they're presently constructed, could possibly compete for a Super Bowl. 
now they have 50 more million dollars to work with if they just hit a couple guys in free agency. They're clearly the leaders in the AFC South to me, and they could be competing for home field advantage next season. Yeah. So what's interesting to me about this is uh, this is going to transition us a little bit here. Carson Wentz has just gone from the team with the absolute worst salary cap situation when it comes to their need uh, to the team that is in the absolute best situation. Yeah. So talk to me. Let's just wrap up here. There's three teams that we have that are are really not in good situations here. Uh, and let's just start with number one, and that is the Eagles. I know that this is uh, going to get you a little fired up here. So can you concisely explain to us? <laughs> <laughs> That's why, a very good way to say that. <laughs> why they're in such a horrible position. I don't have time to give you the history of it, but I'll just briefly say that the Eagles have kicked the can down the road several years on when we're going to get out of our salary cap mess. Uh, We tried to compete too long with the team that won us the Super Bowl, and we kept pushing players' contracts down the road and kept re-signing old players. We have the second oldest team in the NFL. Uh, Excuse me, the third oldest team in the NFL. And we are just... Uh, I say we like I'm a part of it. It just feel you know, when when I just I'm going to get emotional. I'm going to do it. OK, so we have a ton of older players on big deals that you cannot cut and save money. For example, I love Lane Johnson. I wouldn't cut him. He's 17 million dollars against the cap. If we cut him, he would cost 39 million dollars. against Oh, my the cap. gosh. Fletcher Cox, you're not cutting him. He's great, but he's $23 million. He's over the age of 30, and you would only save two of those $23 million. Zach Ertz, you're going to get rid of him, unfortunately. I love Zach Ertz. He's gone. Um, Alshon Jeffrey costs more to cut than to keep, so you're not cutting him. You'll probably trade him or something. But Oh, I, oh you, no, no, no. The report is that they're cutting him. I would be blown. I mean, they would lose money to cut him. I there might be that report out there. I would be blown away. I would be blown away. I I will here. I, I owe you a $5 Starbucks gift card. If they cut him like outright cut him, if they do that deal. Okay. Um, and then you look at the other guys, the you've got, uh, Marquise Goodwin will probably get cut. It's a shame because he didn't play a single down for us because of the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at negative $40 million right now. And yeah, yeah, please laugh. Uh, you know, there's always the talk about, oh, Howie Roseman or any GM for this matter can restructure these contracts. What people don't understand, when you restructure a contract, all you do is move money from this year to a later year. It's further kicking the can down the road. It's further dealing with your problem tomorrow. It is the... I have homework that I must do tonight. Eh, screw it. I'm going to bed. I'll deal with it tomorrow. That's literally what the situation is. Yeah. And But the problem is, is that he's so deep in this that literally to comply with the salary cap, he's going to have to do the kicking the can down the road to get under the salary cap. Like he's put himself in such a bad position that you can't just bite the bullet and deal with a bad salary cap situation this year and get worse this year. They're going to have to do that and make their salary cap worse in the future just to comply 
it's so bad. Like I, I, when I first initially looked at it, like all during the regular season, I was telling you, Monica, Monica, we could be worse next year. We could be worse this year. Not only will we be worse next year, and I'm not necessarily saying wins and losses, but I'm saying just like the quality of the team. You know, we might win five or six games, but that's still a terrible team. We are in a situation where unless absolute magic happens, we're going to be in the same situation in 2022 because to get under the salary cap for 2021, we basically have to create the same situation in 2022. It's a disaster. They're number one on my list. There's two teams that are on the list that are in terrible situations and no one is close to the Eagles because we have the second worst salary cap situation and we're a bad football team right now. Yep. So tell me about your number two. My number two is the Atlanta Falcons and they're probably an approximately equal quality team uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, they just have more wiggle room. They're at 15 million over the cap, which um, I think it's uh, week one of the regular season. You have to be under the cap, so 15 million is not insurmountable. They can make some moves. Um, I, they're going to be fine. It's just how are they going to improve? That's the problem. They're going to be under the cap. That's not an issue. It's just I don't see them getting better. And when you're you know, just a very below average team like the Atlanta Falcons are, you would like to improve and they just don't have that ability. You're paying Matt Ryan $40 million. You're certainly not cutting Matt Ryan. He would cost you 10 extra million dollars to cut Julio Jones. It would cost 15 extra million dollars to cut. So you're certainly not cutting him. Uh, And then some of your other players here in the, in the mid you know, approximately $20 million players are all in their mid to late twenties. And you don't want to cut guys in the primes of their careers. It's just, they're in a tough situation. They can make it work because it's not the astronomical $40 million. And that $40 million for the Eagles is after (laughs) they made some moves, you know, they've cut the Deshaun Jacksons and they've traded Carson Wentz and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it's bleak to me for Atlanta because I don't see a way out. And that's why it's bleak to me for Philadelphia. So they're in very similar situations. It's just Atlanta doesn't have to kick the can down the road another year mm-hmm. to get out of it. They could just deal with it this year and then be 60 or $70 million under the cap in 2022. That's just the reality of the NFL. What did Bill Belichick say, you know, in an interview about Cam Newton? He's like, why did we pay Cam Newton $1 million? Because we went all in for five years and got three Super Bowls. Right. You know, we, we paid everybody. We did all that renegotiating and kicking the can down the road because they were legitimate contenders. And right. that's smart. You should do that. When you're not a legitimate contender, it makes you look really bad. So right. that's those two situations. Number yeah. three, let's talk about a team that's actually good. <laughs> yeah, this is very different. In in some a miserable salary cap situation, we have the New Orleans Saints. You know, year after year, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, we now see that um, Drew Brees looks like he's on his way out. They are the oldest team in football uh, by average age, and uh, they don't have a ton of ways to wiggle themselves out of the salary cap problem, unless. Drew Brees were to retire if 
one of Janoris Jenkins or Cameron Jordan, who are both very good contributors. They don't want them to retire. If one of those guys were to retire, um, a lot of these guys are going to cost more money to cut than to keep. Taysom Hill, who I like, costs $16 million. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of money for a guy that you're not sure is your long-term answer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, I expect Taysom Hill if Breeze retires to be the guy and to start for them, pff, I, their money situation, what are they? Negative 60. Is that what it was? Negative uh, 60 million. Negative 66. Good gravy. I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably the largest negative number I've ever seen. while kind of really paying attention to salary cap situations. Right. Uh, and that's probably, that probably goes back seven or eight years at this point. Um, yeah. That's a lot, you know, and again, when you're one of the oldest teams in the league, you're dealing with a lot of higher end contracts because guys are on their second contract. They've gotten that big extension. Right. And so you're dealing with a lot of dead cap. And so they may be in a very similar situation with the Eagles where they have to kick some cans down the road into 2022. Of course, the caveat is they're a good football team. Exactly. And so if they do that, you know, they might go from what were they like 11 and five this year, 12 and four, something like that. They, they might end up being 10 and six and still contending. Like, mm-hmm. OK, you can swallow that a little better when you're competing. Right. Right. What are your thoughts on the Saints? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I do think it's a little bit of a different situation because they can, like you said, they can probably make it work for this year. Like they're talented enough that if they have to like make some big moves to get themselves back um, over the salary or under the salary cap, um, they can do it and they're going to be okay. But this could be one of those to keep an eye on in like 2022, 2023, because that's one where it's like, Oh, like for now yeah. it's okay, but this is this is not a good situation long term for them. Yeah, and if they don't get that quarterback situation figured out for the long term too, like if they're playing the we're paying a quarterback that we're not confident in fifteen million dollars every year while they're trying to dig themselves out of this, mm-hmm. it's gonna be really tough. I mean, you know, we we talk about over and over again getting a quarterback on a rookie deal yep. is such a luxury because you can just do so much else. Yep. And uh, gosh, the Eagles are going to waste that situation. They have a quarterback on a rookie contract yep. and we're going to have no money to work with. I could just swear and swear and swear. Listen, all I've got to say is now everybody understands why I'm rooting for the Browns, because I know that my team <laughs> <laughs> is going to be so bad, probably yeah. for the next couple of years. And so why not find another team? to root for that's in a pretty good position you know and and look it's not impossible that the eagles are good i mean if if uh jalen hurts comes out in his dynamite and uh you know that's how i feel about that (laughs) yeah exactly and jalen rager takes a good step forward and whoever they get at six is just an absolute hit like yeah you could be a good team it is possible it's just the odds are more stacked against you than any other team yeah all right well, hopefully that gives our listeners a little bit of a an idea of what we're facing. Some tough situations, some good situations, some questionable situations. Um, so we'll have to see how this unfolds. But you guys can join us again tomorrow. We're talking quarterbacks. What quarterbacks are in free agency? I'm really excited for this episode because 
There are some big name quarterbacks who are unrestricted free agents. And there are also some teams that are only going to be left with like one quarterback once the season starts. And so they're going to have to do some, uh, some strategic thinking here in order to make sure that they have depth at that very important position. So thanks so much for tuning in with us today. And we'll be back tomorrow here at the weekly pickoff. And we're going to have our first ever guest yes! on the podcast. So we're not going to say who. We're just going to we're gonna tease it. But uh, first ever guest on the podcast, Talking Quarterbacks. Yes. So excited. We'll see you guys tomorrow. See you.